0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 196 of At Oz with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, are you ready to talk about some wrestling this week?
1: I suppose. I'm still a little groggy. I just had a nap, so I'm going to be slurping <laughs> coffee. This is a different type of drinking show for me this week.
0: <laughs> I know um, there's been many times where I've taken the nap uh, in between like work and doing the podcast. And Todd will always tell me that he could tell... Other people tell me that they could tell. I don't know. I just—it <laughs> is what it is. I yeah.
2: don't
1: know. Uh, I won't be with, the same high energy self that I normally am.
0: Oh, there you go. <laughs>
1: with my
0: with my kid being off school, um, I sleep in like almost an hour later than I can. But. The last couple of days is like, oh, I have my alarm set for seven thirty and then like I can line everything up, whatever. And it's like six oh five. And I'm just like, well, I'm up. Let's go.
1: You know. Yeah. During the the summer of Adam for me, uh, I wake up at eleven every day, which is, I guess, sleeping in. But like yeah. I'm up till four o'clock in the morning. There you go. Four, you know, so uh,
0: right.
1: if, I, if I didn't set an alarm, I would probably sleep 20 hours a day, which is not good. On the
0: weekends, a lot of times I do. Um, we've been trying to like jam pack the weekends up, uh, uh-huh. but if we have nothing going on on the weekend, uh, especially if it's like so, and like I've been picking up work, I've been picking up hours at super secret science job because Saturday is like dead. It's time and a half. And it's, yeah. like, dedicated time that I'm, like, in the office, so I'm, like, I could use it to read comic books. I could use it to organize stuff. I could use it to do anything else on the company's dime, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, So a lot of times what I would do is I would work that. I would get done. I'd go out and mow the lawn and then sleep for eight hours. <laughs> you know? And yeah. then, like, I'd roll, like, they're going to bed at, like, 9, 10 o'clock, I'm waking up, and I'm like, well, I'm going to watch, like, all the stuff, uh, you know, pay-per-views and jazz and TV that I got to catch up on for other shows, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, more on this later, but I most certainly won't be watching uh, Money of the Bank as it happens.
1: Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that. I'm not I'm not looking forward to it. I don't know. It's just... Yeah. It, it's, it's hard to be excited for a WWE pay-per-view after seeing other shows that are on pay-per-view.
0: Right, there you go. Well, let's get into uh, what kicks off the show. I know you had leaked out the script uh, beforehand, (laughs) the fishbone of the schedule, but let's get right into this.
1: And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History.
0: Uh, So I didn't have it on my list only because um, the rest of the show kind of stunk. But I'll throw this out there. Maybe you remember this. Maybe you don't. Uh, This day in wrestling history in 2008 is when CM Punk did the Money in the Bank cash-in on Edge on Monday Night Raw.
1: Vaguely. I vaguely remember it. There's not a lot of Money in the Bank cash-ins that still, like... Hold off in my memory you know
0: Yeah yeah so I The reason I remember this one Is even though this was during My time where I was definitely not a Phil fan Um I had This one stooged off to me Ahead of time Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Somebody contacted me at like Because Raw was only 9 to 10 And like the First segment went to the ring And somebody the, The opening segment was Edge comes out Challenges Batista, Batista lays him out, and then Punk comes and does the cash-in, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, Edge is on his way to the ring, and then somebody who I'm friends with sends me a text and just says, Punk is cashing in this segment. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's it's 2008, you know, like, there wasn't, like, the world of social media like it was then. But that's kind of one of the ones why I remember it. And I think the only other one... Like I guess the Seth one at WrestleMania is
1: memorable, right? Yeah, I mean, first thing I want to say, it that's how you and I are so different. If I got that text message, I would have been furious. Like how you fucking spoiled it, you asshole. Well, they knew um, I wasn't a fan. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna say for me. I can probably, there's three that stick out in my head real quick. Obviously RVD versus Cena, which is kind of a cash in because, but it was like at the ECW pay-per-view.
0: Yeah. Like the baby face has to like more, yeah. more times than not, the baby face has to say, I'm calling my shot. It's going to be at this pay-per-view. I'm yeah, not yeah. going to be sneaky about it. You
1: know? Yeah. And uh, the first edge on Undertaker and I'll say Ziggler, his first one when he had like Big E and AJ. Oh
0: yeah. And the Raw to the WrestleMania on Del Rio. Sure.
1: Yeah, those are the three that if you ask me, like, I can vividly remember them. The rest of them all blur together because there's been 150
0: of them. That's true. There have been. It's far too many of them. Absolutely. Uh, Okay, so on this day, wrestling history, 1997 is the Raw and SmackDown, or the Raw and Nitro head-to-heads. So Raw, this is the Raw before Canadian Stampede, one of the more famous pay-per-views of the era. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think what like some notable potables about this episode of Raw is uh this is the first on screen appearance of Michael Cole okay. as a back- as a backstage interviewer, so I know they just did the twenty years of John Cena this past uh week on Raw, but like I don't know like Cole's been an on screen character consistently for twenty five years um I don't know if they should do something for him, maybe they won't, <laughs> but they should.
1: Well, Vince McMahon will come out in SmackDown uh, on Friday, and he'll be like talking about next week we'll have Michael Cole, and that'll be his thing. That'll be a way to get him on television. Vince, he like should, obviously, he, Cole's on TV every week, but
0: he should do it this week. Yeah. Anyway. All right. uh, also, this, you know, a couple of weeks ago we had um, uh, Paul Bear cut the promo talking about Kane, right? Mm. This week, this episode of Raw 25 Years Ago is where Paul Bear lays out the backstory that Kane is the brother and Undertaker was messing around with like something, and he burned down the funeral home that Undertaker's parents owned. And for this whole time, uh Undertaker thought that Kane was dead, and this is when Paul Bear reveals that Kane was alive.
1: I was scrolling through Twitter maybe like a half hour ago and I saw the gif of this. Yes. And I, I was rehearsing my Paul Bearer voice to yell canes alive! but I'm not going to do it cuz I get nervous cuz it didn't it worked better when I was alone, but like I tried it aloud a couple times and it didn't work. So Yeah,
0: the microphones and the recordings, it sounds different in your head than it does when you listen back. I get you.
1: Yeah, but I wanted to get a really loud canes alive. It's not going to happen though. Yes. It and also Oh, I was going to say less notable uh, was the one-off appearance
0: on Monday Night Raw of the Headhunters, aka uh, Headhunter A and Headhunter B, uh, Manny and Jose, aka the Squat Team, aka the Arabian Butchers, aka Ponderosa and Sweden House? Um, <laughs> they just kind of look like Abdul, like two like shorter Abdul the Butchers that could do like moonsaults and shit.
1: Okay, I have no and, memory of this.
0: So if 96, they were in the rumble and then they did a thing the next night on raw, uh, with the headbangers, again, 1996, the next time they appear on raw is June of 1997. Is a completely different name. Still managed by Jim Cornette. They come out and they attack, uh, Owen and bulldog and Owen and bulldog run them off. And then mm-hmm. that's like the last they're ever seen or mentioned on TV again.
1: <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, they probably got a Jack's toy though. No, they sadly, they did not. <laughs> no? No. I feel like everybody got one.
0: Uh, now, Nitro, on the other hand, uh, this is their build toward the Bash of the Beach pay-per-view. Uh, this was at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, which, ironically, I think where Money in the Bank is this weekend. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you have the Wikipedia there in front of you. You can kind of confirm or deny.
1: Mm, okay, good call. Scrolling, uh, scrolling, scrolling. Scrolling. MGM Grand Garden Arena. I don't know if that's exactly the same thing. When
0: I Probably. say close enough. Yeah. Uh, but this was a, uh, you know, a rare nitro in that NWO beatdown. down. There's a fake st- sting up in uh, the stands. There's another fake sting that comes out. Real sting repels from the, uh, the, the, the top of the building. And then from the entranceway, Mr. Perfect comes out. <laughs> and then okay. Raven comes out, jumps over the guardrail, and like Mr. Perfect makes his way into the ring. Raven's just standing there doing like the wiping his, wiping the snot nose with his hand. And Tony Schiavone says, folks, we're out of time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is Raven's debut in WCW as the Raven character. This is Kurt Henning after at least two previously failed attempts of them trying to get him into a position in wcw in the 90s that he finally comes in
1: okay a lot of unanswered questions at the end of that nitro i like it
0: a lot a lot of unanswered questions at the end of every nitro
1: <laughs> if only they had more time see that seems to be the problem in the three hours that they eventually got they yeah to always not quite have enough time to deliver whatever it was they were trying to do at the end of the episode
0: And see, now on AEW, they always say, you know, we ask them, they're going to let us have as much satellite time as we need. And then, like, then the show, then the match ends like three minutes early and everybody's like standing around with their thumbs
1: up their asses. (laughs) I always get nervous that my DVR is going to cut it off and it never happens. Uh, But almost last but not least, this day in
0: wrestling history, 1995, ECW as part of a two night. Internet fan convention thing. Uh, 1995. Keep that in mind. Uh, (laughs) Jim Thorpe, uh, Mountaintop Madness. Uh, The card as it was Uh, The Pitbulls versus Dino Sendoff and Don E. Allen. Two Cold Scorpio versus Hack Myers. Chad Austin versus Taz. Axel and Ian Rotten in a barbed wire baseball bat match. Cactus Jack and Shane Douglas had a debate. (laughs) <laughs> because there, I, I, the timeline might just be a little wonky, but I think they may have already been showing Dean Douglas vignettes on TV. Okay. Um, and like Shane's last night in the company was the next night at the ECW Arena, uh, Sandman versus Tommy Dreamer, and the Public Enemy defending the tag team titles against Raven and Stevie Richards, and a run in from the debuting Gangsters caused public enemy to lose the titles raven and richards won and i was there for the show
1: no see i was i i kind of figured you would this is about a year before well i couldn't drive so i couldn't get to this thing but my first uh flagstaff show was in 96 as i've talked about before
0: right uh so i had been going just to the flagstaff shows like i started going like this march uh, and I did not got, like, I was not brave enough to f- drive to South Philly as a 17, 18 year old kid yet, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was like, well, you know, I, we talked about it like around October time when it was like, okay, this is like, now I, I have to go, you know? Yeah. Uh, but this was like a, a crazy show, like seeing a title switch, uh, the gangsters who I knew from Smoky Mountain, like making their debut, uh Raven who Raven and Stevie who were like two of my favorites, like winning the titles and I was there. Uh the Cactus Jack stuff and all this other stuff. Um, but so this, how naive I was. This day was the first day that I ever got to read a copy of the Wrestling Observer. <laughs>
3: uh,
0: you, st-
1: you still have it somewhere in that office? No,
0: I wish I did. Yeah. But it was one of those things that I'll never forget because, like, you know, you're aware, like, I'm 18 at this point. You're aware of how wrestling kind of is. It's 95. The Internet is burgeoning where it's like 1995. So Paul's doing like an Internet convention sort of thing. Yeah. And a, a guy I was just talking to and like, you know, he's I'm like, I'm like, and he's telling me all this shit. And I'm like, how do you know all this stuff? And he goes, don't you know what the Observer is? And I'm like, no, I don't know what the Observer is. I was naive, right? Yeah. So he gives me his copy. He goes, I'm done with it. You could have it. It's like a week old or whatever it was. And I'll never forget. And you you have to bear in mind, this is June into July 1st of 1995. In The Observer, they have the whole thing written out that the Dean Douglas character is going to be like, you know, the vignettes are going to be him giving people grades and so on and so forth. And then it's going to culminate at uh, SummerSlam where he gives the Razor and Shawn Ladder match, which had not been announced on TV yet, he's going to give it some sort of negative grade. Shawn Michaels is going to come into the room where he does the things and attack him. Ah. Uh-huh. Now this is two months before it happens, and it's in this newsletter, and then it happens, but it's Razor who comes in instead of Sean. And I'm like, how do people like like and it, like
1: to this you day? It was, like, dark it, magic, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Like at 18 years old. That this thing that you could subscribe to and have sent to your home has this secret information, like months in advance of what's going to happen at WWF and WCW pay-per-views.
1: Yeah, it was like your version of the Gray Sports Almanac. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All right, uh,
0: but Wait, let me ask th- you this oh, before you oh, get to ahead, the last. No, go thing. ahead, go,
1: go. You mentioned you keep mentioning that it was an internet like convention or whatever. Yes. Like, how so? Like, did they just like? promoted on the internet or because obviously it had no internet element to it
0: okay so bob Ryder, rest in peace uh he was the like he was somehow involved with prodigy okay and he ran the ecw prodigy room and bob's other job was also as a travel agent so with all the different people that were in the ecw prodigy room bob would be like hey uh you know this is like a weekend of shows." It's the summer. It's this, that, the other thing. I talked to Paul, and, like, they're going to get, like, shirts printed up for the the internet people, and I'm a travel agent. So if you're traveling from out of state or across the country and need flights and hotel rooms, like, we could work out a deal.
1: Okay. I get you. Yeah. Fair enough.
0: And I think, like, in between, like, so this was the Friday night show – and then the arena was at Saturday, and then I think they had, like, a Saturday afternoon, like, meet-and-greet Q&A with a bunch of people from ECW. Okay. But I didn't have Prodigy at the time. I had AOL, maybe.
1: Yeah, same.
0: So <laughs> I wasn't in there. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I was still just going to the shows.
1: Yeah, poor Spostow, on the outside looking in.
0: I'm okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, but last but not least... On this day in wrestling history, some might even say one of the most important days in wrestling history. (laughs) Because in 1944, Adam, and oh boy, Adam, I know you're going to say that's way before wrestling even started, right? Well, it was, but it's okay. (laughs) Uh, But on this day in wrestling history, Terry Funk was born 78 years ago.
1: I will reserve any kind of snarky, anti-Terry Funk comments and just keep them to myself in honor of his birthday. And I will just once, because we're recording on the day that we're recording, say happy Terry Thursday to you, Joe.
0: Ah, yes. Uh, And I'm sure uh, DJ and Brett over on We Need Wrestling are going to go a little bit more into it. I love Terry Funk. DJ... Like, capital L, capital O, (laughs) capital V, capital E, capital S. Loves Terry Funk. Um, I know DJ even tweeted out that, like, his dream one day is to do, like, a career retrospective podcast of Terry Funk. And I wouldn't want to step on his toes and not check with him first to see if I could even do that myself. (laughs) Um, But Terry's just one of those guys. Like, um, you know, I started watching wrestling in the 80s, and he was you know, on WFTV, he was on WCW TV, he's on ECW TV. He's just, he's been everywhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously he's, you know, in assisted living right now. He's not in any sort of duress, but, you know, he's an older man who's lived a very rough and storied life. Um, But there's like a whole chap, like there's whole chapters of Terry Funk's wrestling career in the seventies and eighties. And, you know, whether it be like the seventies, because just like, Tapes didn't exist, or late 70s, early 80s Japanese stuff. Um, there's stuff that like I would discover every day and still can discover. And then, you know, in the mid-90s, when he decides to become like a hardcore garbage deathmatch type wrestler, he gets like a whole new career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we 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 argue on the show and we argue in real life of people with the Brett versus Sean debate, right? Yeah. And, you know, and at the in all honesty, honesty, you know, I don't like I like Bret Hart, but I don't like Bret Hart like uh, Dax Harwood likes Bret Hart, you know, or, <laughs> yeah. or like the boar likes Bret Hart. But I like Bret Hart a lot. I don't like him like those guys do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so if like you're a Shawn Michaels guy, I'll joke and say, oh, I know what kind of person you are. Or if you're a <laughs> Bret Hart guy, I'm like, oh, I know what kind of person you are. But if you if you don't like Terry Funk. I know what kind
1: of person you are. <laughs> Obviously, I like to get my jabs in every once in a while about Terry Funk. But my my excuse is just that I never saw Terry Funk before he was in ECW, mm. you know, because I, I had no access to the sure. stuff and I wasn't watching any of the Japanese tapes or anything. So. You know, my my Terry Funk was the barely legal pay-per-view title run and then like Chainsaw Charlie and a little bit in WCW. That was all the Terry Funk I ever had. So that's where my jabs came from. But I have a huge amount of respect for him. And I wish him, you know, uh, wish that he stays healthy, you know? Right. I, I, want, him to, I
0: want him to live to uh, – Terry Funk living to 100 would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so that's all the history stuff that we have for today. Let's get into more recent history. Let's talk about the last seven days of professional wrestling, Adam.
1: All right, I'm going to start things off. This is a little bit of a combined talking point, but it's all together. I just want to talk real quick about the big couple of days for Mr. Freshly Squeezed Orange Cassidy. And I will just say it starts off with At Forbidden Door. Him versus Will Ospreay was fucking phenomenal. It was probably I mean, it was definitely my favorite match on the card, but like I'm trying to take my bias out of it and say maybe the best match on the card. I don't know. I'd have to have somebody who's not a huge OC mark. Tell me that. But like it was one of those matches where I was at the edge of my seat the entire match and not since the OC versus pack versus Omega match. Did I think that they showcased them quite as well? Um, So that was just a phenomenal match on a pretty good pay-per-view. And I will roll that over into Dynamite just yesterday. Him versus Ethan Page was a great, fun match. And we had the return of not only his original indie theme music, which just kind of feels weird, but special, but awesome, seeing him come out to that, and the return of, like, the the juice spray and just the whole shtick with trying to body slam Ethan Page. I loved everything about that. I probably liked that segment on... Dynamite more than I liked the Forbidden Door match, but that's just because it was like a return to indie OC. But I, I loved everything about the last couple of days for Big Match Orange.
0: Uh, I echo a lot of those sentiments. Uh, I'll never be a Will Ospreay guy. I get it. Uh, but a lot of other people have said, like, technically he could do a lot of awesome things in the ring. He has a presence that if you buy into it um, is fantastic. But every time that he opens his mouth, it's almost like he's dead behind the eyes. Like, he doesn't have a brain whatsoever, right?
1: Okay.
0: Um, but that match was awesome. And yeah. I know people were like, well, let's see what Meltzer gives. It's like, no offense. Oh, fuck Meltzer. Like, right. Like, no offense. Out? Like, I liked the match. I thought it was really good. And whether you uh, know who... Uh, Will Ospreay is or not, they did as good of a job as they can in three weeks' time to build him up as a credible, big-name guy. And it was one of the few single matches on the pay-per-view, and O.C. hung in there, kicked out of the guy, like, every single one of the guy's finishers. And O.C. looked like a million bucks, because he can look like a million bucks. And, you know, I could say it now, but when it was the batch of the brewery show, and O.C. was there, and I was talking to him at the show and he didn't tell me what the match was uh but he told me that tony wanted him like healed up and ready to go because he had a big match planned for him for forbidden door and there's a pretty big goddamn match right absolutely and then when they announced like tuesday night that it was going to be uh oc versus ethan page and i i you know two of my friends are going to wrestle on tv that's really cool right yeah And then the match is just the OC indie match, which, you know, um, we, I think, I uh, I think it was maybe maybe me and Todd, I may have had the conversation with you, but this was, like, maybe pre-AEW, where we were talking that, like, the dream to be Orange Cassidy would be, like, the honky-tonk man. Like, Orange Cassidy would be wrestling's honky-tonk, like, the new honky-tonk man, that he has his shtick. He has his, like, four or five things that he does. He doesn't have to leave his feet for any of them. <laughs> and he could just go to every indie in the world, do his stuff, get the big reaction, and then, like, leave the ring and go right to the gimmick table and make, like, six grand a night, you know? Yeah,
1: no, absolutely.
0: So, like, we would joke around. And, like, it would be all the stuff that he did on national TV that, you know, 13,000 people live were going nuts for. Over a million people, you know and even more around the world were watching live, you know? And it was really cool. And I'm with you. I I love to see people I know and have known for a long time get these huge moments and kind of get the recognition uh, that I always knew that they could. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, just like we all predicted, uh, you know, Orange, or like, uh, we'll get to it later, where it's like Eddie Kingston, Claudio Castagnoli, and John Moxley are gonna be taking on uh Daniel Garcia and 2.0 in a war games match on TV, just like we all predicted, you know. Yeah,
1: refereed like, ref- by Bryce Remsburg, you know? Yeah, you
0: know. <laughs> so I, I kind of look at it as like, man, can you believe that Eddie's doing this, or can you believe that OC's doing this? Or could you believe that Ethan Page is doing this? And I always say, Yeah, I can. Because yes. I've known these guys for a long time. I've seen how hard they bust their ass. And People recognize it, and they just, you know, and I know there's a lot of people like, man, all the people that said that Eddie sucks and Eddie's this, I hope they're eating their words. And all the people that said, like, OC is ruining the business, I hope they're eating their words. And there's people that even dig on Ethan Page, and that bums me out a little bit, too. And, like, I never am the one that says, I hope you people that are naysayers to these guys eat your words. I hope you don't. I don't want you. I don't need you. I want more people. I want everyone to like the people that I like. But if you're already openly negative to the people that I like, I don't want you to change your mind. You keep hating, and I'll keep liking good stuff.
1: Yeah, like I saw a comment in, uh, let's just say, a Patreon Facebook group that shall go nameless. And somebody said, oh my god, I didn't realize that Orange Cassidy was such a good wrestler, which I'm fine with that comment you know, whatever, maybe you didn't see when he tears it loose, you know, but the follow up to that was, um, I really, you know, he needs to get rid of the, the, the kicks and pockets stuff. And then he can really become a star like, no, you know, you just ruined it. Like you, I was willing to let you on the bandwagon, you know, when you said you didn't realize he was a very good wrestler, but as soon as you were like, Oh, I don't like this aspect of the gimmick. And if he gets rid of that, I'll be a fan. Well, fuck you. You're not, you're not worthy of being a fan, you know? And I I will just say before we move on, uh, going back to his theme music, like his new his entrance, uh, Goosebump moment. And uh, it was the second most rewinded segment of that entire dynamite. Like I watched that a couple times. (laughs) What him coming out to the to 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 Jane? Jane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, not quite as much as something else. I rewinded a couple times, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) well, uh, so, you know, we kind of double teamed up on that one. Uh, I don't know how you're going to feel on this one. Um, you know, shout out to uh, the YouTube channel World Wrestling Entertainment American Nation, uh, that posts up entire uncut segments of your favorite World Wrestling Entertainment programming. Um, and they don't get popped by WWE, so I think it's WWE themselves doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they put up like all the John Cena stuff from Monday Night Raw, and it ended up being like 25 minutes worth of stuff, and I loved all of it. Um, just like how, um, You know, I I said before, and you were saying, "There's the people that like I didn't know OC could wrestle well, and the people that hate on the people that I like." I don't want you to like the people. I don't want you to come around. Like you keep hating, and I'll keep doing this. And I would never say that I was a John Cena hater. Um, but I was a John Cena not understander -er for a long time. I didn't get it right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think that just to piggyback on that, I was probably very much anti John Cena, but not because of John Cena, just because it was I was a seen enough person, you know, and. (laughs) <laughs> and, like, I've grown to appreciate him more and more, especially with him, like, as Peacemaker and seeing the stuff he does as a Make-A-Wish and all that. So I'm a fan of the guy. I think that I just always hated, like, the presentation and, you know, top guy Cena. I'm going to kill the entire tag division and beat the Nexus seven-on-one, eight-on-one. That that kind of stuff always bugged me. But I've grown to appreciate Cena a lot over the years. Well, and that's
0: so that's the thing. Uh, you know, obviously, you take all the outside of the ring stuff away, whether it be movies or TVs, uh, charity work, just being, you know, an affable person in general, you know? Yeah. Um, the thing that did it for me was one of the Royal Rumbles where Cena was in there early and he was in there with, uh, Mr. Five WrestleManias himself, Chocolate Doodoo Fingers, <laughs> Dylan Horn, Swaggle Possible, right? Yeah, yeah. And Swoggle and Cena kind of like, Ran the first half of the Royal Rumble together. Like they were working together as a team. Yeah. And I'm like, I get it now. Like this moment right here, like Swoggle is the surrogate for the kids watching at home. Because he's a little guy. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And if you're a kid watching at home, you're watching someone that's maybe the same size as you team up and wrestle and get the fight off the bad guys with arguably your hero. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I'm like, I get it now. I I understand what Cena is. And then, you know, maybe like a year or so later is when they start doing like the U S open challenge. And then every week on raw, he's having like these crazy awesome matches and stuff where like, he was in a position where he didn't really need to have those good matches.
2: Yeah. And,
0: And some could even say that when he was doing the John Cena open challenge, uh, the U.S. Open Challenge that he didn't need to have those good matches, but he still went out there and did it anyway.
1: Yeah, like it was Kevin Owens and uh, Claudio Sammy and Zane.
0: Sami Zayn and all these other people, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was just uh, so this week on Raw it was just, you know, you, you get Cena coming backstage and everybody lined up and they're like putting little Easter egg things in there. Then there's the there's Even the bit with him and Seth backstage was what it was. Uh, Then you have like the history segments and they're talking to all the different people that Cena had these rivals rivalries with, including Big Show, Chris Jericho, Daniel Bryan, you know,
1: like. Yeah, that was super surprising to see that, you know.
0: Yeah. And then they kind of did their tease for what inevitably this is going to be, which is John Cena versus Austin Theory, whatever. Um, And then Cena comes out and he cuts that promo, man. And. There are no more Cena haters, and I love the fact that there's no more Cena haters. He doesn't get the boos. I think everyone kind of understands, you know, I know toward like the end of his AEW run when Cody was getting booed, everyone was like, oh, it's, they're booing Cody because it's cool to boo Cody. It's like, no, they're booing Cody <laughs> Cody sucks right now, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'll say the only thing that was missing this, speaking of Cody, uh, definitely not his birthday today as well. Um, <laughs> But I would have loved to have seen an in-ring moment with 2022 Cody and 2022 John Cena, and I know that like Austin Theory is the thing that was being built up. But I, I have a sick perversion that I would love to see a John Cena versus Cody Rhodes match in 2022, 2023.
1: Yeah, start the long build up like how they uh, <laughs> how how Rock Cena took like a year and a half, two years to fully develop at Mania, you know? Yep. But I could see that, you yeah. Know. Basically, the original John Cena and the new John Cena combined. Yeah, against yeah. Each other for at night three of WrestleMania. Oh.
0: <laughs> technically, it is because SmackDown is SmackDown WrestleMania. They do like the Andre Battle Royal, like three other WrestleMania matches on SmackDown. So technically, it, uh, WrestleMania is a stealth three-night event. <laughs> they do the they do the uh whatchamacallit they do the um n
1: x t on, on wednesdays sometimes or thursdays well, sometimes no
0: this if you remember this year they did the n x t on saturday afternoon but okay, also yeah, yeah. also this year smackdown was not only the uh andre battle royal but also right after smackdown was the hall of fame
1: yeah okay
0: <laughs> I didn't even notice until now that WrestleMania's
1: three nights they tricked me Yeah, Real Rumble needs to step up its game. No,
0: no, two (laughs) nights is perfect.
1: All right. Um, I I did have the Cena stuff in my notes just uh, briefly in case we had to come back to it. But I I just, again, shocked that Danielson and Jericho and Big Show were on there. So that was was a cool little moment. But the other thing I'll just say, and I'm going to actually defer most of my time to you, but I I definitely want to make sure we talk about Blood and Guts. And my points for this were that I liked it a lot more than last year's Blood and Guts, which was the uh, the pinnacle versus the inner circle, uh, because this one actually had a team that I was rooting for. And uh, the storytelling of having Claudio get the submission win instead of Eddie Kingston and Eddie being pissed that he wasn't the one to, to humble Jericho at the top of the cage was really, really cool. And Cesaro, sorry, Claudio doing the spin on Jericho at the top of the cage is the thing of nightmares. But a lot of really cool visuals in that match, and I ain't talking about Tay necessarily. And uh, uh, really enjoyed the match. I mean, obviously, that's not a, a controversial take. I, I think everybody pretty much enjoyed it. And uh, the only thing that's stupid is the fact that we're going to have six stupid AEW figures. Based on the Jericho Appreciation Society and those red outfits, which is just a waste of six figures.
0: Uh, that, take it over, Joe. They can they can be uh, peg warmers, or they could be a ringside exclusive box set that I never have to worry about. You know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the build the blood and guts was great. Um, I think I might have intimated a little bit on social media, but I ran into uh, the aforementioned DJ from We Need Wrestling at the comic book shop on Wednesday. And we were just talking about wrestling stuff, and we were kind of postulating how the night was going to go. And am I going to say that we called it exactly to a T? No, uh, but we definitely like said like, Claudio is going to be the one that steals the win from Eddie, not giving Eddie the whatever to kind of like do whatever. And it's not going to be some sort of animosity, but it's going to be enough of a seed. And we were just kind of talking about how these guys, like, um, with all the injuries, people's contracts being up, and then having to build around uh, Forbidden Door. um, You could argue and say that some of the booking in AEW lately has been kind of like, eh. But I think a lot of it more so is coming from the injuries, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's obviously still the threat of COVID out there, you know? Um, but what we were essentially talking about is, is that, um, whatever happens at blood and guts needs to build to all out Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and they need to have like whoever they feel their main guys on TV are going to be one. They need to be on TV every week, whether it be on dynamite or rampage, and you need to have a three month plan, a six month plan and a nine month plan for all of these guys and how everybody intersects. And then you need to have that plan B for guys of who you could plug in if people get hurt or people get sick or whatever, right? Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: not plan around guys that have deals that are ending in like a month. It's like, well, I planned out six months with Claudio, but we only have a deal on him for three. Well, then either only plan him for three or get him a six month deal or whatever it is. And I would love for this to be the build to Eddie getting a belt and there are people, probably Eddie himself, that would say he doesn't need a belt or he doesn't want a belt. I'm selfish. Mm-hmm. I want to buy a toy of Eddie Kingston with the title.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, and I don't want it just to be the pack in because we gotta put extra stuff in there. No. I Added want value. To, right. I want <laughs> to commemorate when Eddie Kingston won the title. And there's enough titles in AEW that they could do this. And then obviously, you know, we talked about um the people that were involved in the blood and guts, uh, Matt Menard and Cool Hand Ange proved yet again that they love the business more than anyone could ever imagine. Um, and uh, and again, C- Ange Jeff hanging upside down, bleeding out as they cut to commercial <laughs> was one of like it just that image is just stuck in my head from this past week. And there was just a lot of cool moments and say what you will about Sammy with the crash pads. Um, you know, I do have it on good authority and everyone's like, oh, they're just letting these guys do tax and glass, um, and skewers and all this other stuff and blood, but they're taking these big safety precautions for big bumps like that. And I say, yes, um, Hmm. it's one thing to take a bump on thumbtacks and roll around. It's another thing to blade yourself. Um, you know, that's kind of a little bit more self-controlled, but when you have like a big bump like that. You know, with the, with the higher risk of getting hurt, I think just going up for like a Northern Lights bomb, Santana like tweaked his ankle, you know? Yeah. So any physical, like, okay, so, uh, you know, why are they not making him, you know, do these things into like a ball pit? Well, no, like there's, there's, you know, the higher risk, there's always a risk when it comes to wrestling, but the higher the risk, they won't, they don't want to take it. You know, I, I understand that somebody may have pitched, uh, to tony khan like recreating the old eddie gilbert hits jerry lawler with his car angle and tony khan's like yeah but we need stuntmen we need to get you fitted for a protective suit we need to do this and this and this and the person's just like fuck it let him just hit me with a car and you know and like tony khan's like we can't have you do that like it can't have that happen you know yeah um but like fire, and you know, and if it's more control, that's one thing. And just as we're recording this to put a timestamp on this, um, there's a there's a match, and I think it's on the the Beyond Wrestle Open show that was Slade. Like I have people sending me the GIF of it, um, where it's um, Slade versus Hoodfoot, and they're doing light tubes, right?
2: Okay. And
0: it's it's maybe the nastiest thing I've ever seen involving a light tube. Like, they do the gimmick where, like, they stab him in the arm, and I can't can't explain to you more of what happens, but I just hope that Hoodfoot is okay because it looks really, really bad. Yeah. Right. So, you're going to see light tubes, and you're going to see glass, and you're going to see thumbtacks, and you're going to see skewers on AEW. You will never see them do the stabbing with the light tube bit because of shit like this that happens on the indies when guys try to do this sort of thing, right?
2: Mm -hmm. I'm not
0: decrying this. Hopefully it was, you know, whatever happens, I'm only bringing it up because people are sending it to me as we're recording the show. And I just, you know, um, but I like the Blood and Guts match. There was a lot of great big moments that they can replay in video packages from here on out.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I have no problem with the Sami Zayn going off into the crash pad because, like, literally every single top turnbuckle to the outside dive in WWE is onto a a crash pad that's underneath an announcer table. So it's not like it's never been done. And I I don't want to ever see another Mick Foley being thrown from the top of a hell in the cell. You know, that's it's we're past that. That's there's no need to put your body through that, you know? Right.
0: And, And I'll even say, um, you know, both WWE and AEW do this with the mats around ringside The mats around ringside are super duper thick and super reinforced. So when you see people taking like these wild bumps, you know, from like the top to the outside and stuff, it's a lot more padding and it's a lot more safe these days than it was just like five years ago. Mm. But if you're going from a much higher thing like the top of the cage, you got to take those sort of precautions.
1: Yep, absolutely. All right. That's it for my talking points. What about you, Joe?
0: Uh, The last thing I have, just in general, was how good of a pay-per-view Forbidden Door was. Okay. Um, I think Forbidden Door was just as long, if not longer, than Double or Nothing. And I feel as though Forbidden Door zipped by much quicker. Absolutely. Uh, Even though there was a lot of people that I may not have known, a lot of people that I may have only been seeing for the first or second time. And me not being a New Japan person, I got it when Shibata came out. I understood the importance of Okada. And I understood, like, you know, FTR winning the IWGP, you know, tag titles. Like, I understood the importance of these sort of things. Granted, I would have appreciated them a lot more if I was a long-term Japanese wrestling fan, if AEW spent hours and hours of their TV time building all this stuff up. But... When all was said and done, it was a really good pay-per-view, like in-ring stuff. And that's the stuff when it comes to a pay-per-view that I really want. Like, I want the in-ring stuff to be amazing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that we said this before. You don't need to have this big storyline for a really good match. You know, and there was a lot. I don't think there was a real stinker on the show. There was a couple things that maybe didn't quite end the way that we thought they would. Or, you know, there was the Adam Cole ending, which was somebody hurt. I don't know. But, like, when you have a, a show full of really good matches, you don't need this long, drawn-out story. It's like, all right, it's a sport at this point, and the storyline is I want to beat you, you know? So I think that that was done well. And I am glad that you were able to keep up with me, Brett, and DJ.
0: You oh, know, of course. As
1: far as the uh, the New Japan stuff.
0: I saw all three is simultaneously rolling your eyes when
1: I said, who's this guy?
0: Why is that guy said this? <laughs> Why did, what did that guy say when I said, what did that guy say? You know,
1: <laughs> well, you know, we tried to keep it on the down low, but yeah, it did get annoying after a little while, but uh, you kept up. Okay. I saw you I saw you <laughs> yeah, I had a great time and thank you for DJ for uh, inviting me out there for sure. All right. All right, Joe, speaking of premium live events, did you know that there's a pay-per-view this weekend? Uh, I did.
2: Is Sammy Zayn's kegin down to the ring? His Kobe King Stand
4: doing his thing? Ruby or Soho be on the show. Brian Danielson. No no no. Is
2: it the big dog's yard? Let's find out. Does Joe know the card?
1: It's nice to have a return to the old familiar. Does Joe know the card? jingle as opposed to the the abomination i edited together the other day and joe according to wikipedia the most trusted source of all wrestling information and news money in the bank is this saturday and according to wikipedia there are six announced matches i am sure there will be seven more announced on friday much like there was with forbidden door but joe do you know the card okay Maybe.
0: <laughs> Six announced matches, you're saying, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, I know we're getting Rhonda versus Natalia.
1: Yeah, that'll, that'll put butts in the seats. Go ahead. Uh,
0: <laughs> I know we're getting Austin Theories versus Bob Lashley. That's two. I know we're getting the Street Profits versus the Usos. That is three. Okay. That leaves us the two Money in the Bank ladder matches. Mm-hmm. And another match. Yep. Okay. How many people are in the Money in the Bank ladder matches?
1: Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And I'm just checking. Yeah, seven for both. Seven for both. Okay. The match- I, will, I will tell you, just to... to so you don't kill yourself on this for the man. It does say one is TBD.
0: Okay. Now see, I, I'm going to say that I did know that okay. because Kevin Owens, it was supposed to be Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel on raw as a, as the last qualifier. And then Kevin Owens wasn't at raw. So that spot is still left open. Okay. So I have to name six in the men's and seven in the women's. Okay. Men's is Sami Zayn. Yep. Drew McIntyre. Yep. Seth Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins. The Colossus Omos. Yep. Matt Riddle. Yep. Huh. Not Kevin Steen. Not Ezekiel. I don't know who the other person in it is.
1: It's a shameful thing. Lobster head. Oh, it's too many lives. Okay.
0: <laughs> yep, Shamus. I should have. I that's that's on me. I should have let you sing
1: more of that. <laughs> All right. What else we got? Yeah, you're now missing the, two more.
0: Now, see this. So this is where I'm going to go in. OK,
2: mm.
0: I'm going to guess that uh, Bianca is defending the title.
1: That is correct.
0: OK, but I don't know who she's defending the title against. But if I could guess who's in the women's Money in the Bank by process of elimination, I might be able to figure out who she's wrestling at the pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, there's only so many main roster women left, so you what that- happened to them all? Where did uh, they go? It's almost like they all got released. Oh my goodness! Okay,
0: <laughs> uh, Raquel Rodriguez is in the t- in the in the thing, right?
1: That is correct.
0: Cause they always like to have a tall person. <laughs> um, are both Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. in it? Neither. Neither? Okay. Okay. So that means, okay, okay. Um, okay. So I got Raquel. I know Asuka and Becky are in it.
1: That is correct. Okay. Um, Liv oh,
0: Morgan is in it?
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm sorry, I couldn't find Asuka on this, but yes, uh, Asuka, uh, Liv Morgan is in it, so you have four.
0: Oh no, I I know because Becky and Asuka had three weeks of matches to see who qualifies for the Money in the Bank match, so I know (laughs) that they were in it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I just couldn't find Asuka on the list here, that's all, but yeah. Is Carmella in it? She is not. Okay. Um, hmm, Shotzi is in it? Shotzi, believe it or not, is in it. They okay. remember that she's on the payroll and that they, that she's good and they should use her. So you have I, five. I know Aaliyah is
0: not in it. She is not. Is Shayna
1: Baszler in it? Nope, because then it would be good.
0: Okay, I don't know who else is in it, but by process of elimination, if you said that uh, Shane is not in it, Nikki's not in it, uh, Dewdrops not in it and Carmella's not in it, then I think Carmella is taking on Bianca at the pay-per-view.
1: That is correct. Oh, okay, because Melody. I think yeah. we've
0: gotten yeah. matches with at least two of those three, and I think technically Shayna is SmackDown, so.
1: Yes, for what it's worth for the next week or so. Joe, you left out two women. No, three women in this, uh, this Money in the Bank ladder match. Those women are. Lacey Evans.
0: Oh, is Alexa Bliss in this goddamn thing?
1: Yes, she is. You left her out, you son of a bitch.
0: I I, didn't, I forgot she was back on TV. How,
1: how could you forget? She's the only reason we're turning on Raw. Mm. And Liv Morgan. But God, Alexa I Bliss.
0: Said, okay.
1: I don't know if you said Liv Morgan. But I did say Liv Morgan. Okay. But yeah. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez, Asuka Shotzi, Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan, Lacey Evans, and the winner of the match, Alexa Bliss. Hmm. But two premium live events in a row without the big dog, Mister Ooh Ah Man, head of the table, the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns.
0: Oh, I thought you were gonna, a fun rib would have been you like do that whole build up and say it was Cody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on the nightmare narcotic. That's some out of the show. No, but Roman doesn't do. Uh, uh, he doesn't do B show pay per views no more. Yeah,
0: that's good. Good idea. <laughs> he does the big four and that's it. You know.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to say, I, I I, honestly, I'm not going to watch any of this. If, if it turns out Alexa wins the, the women's I'll go back and I'll check out the win, but I have no desire to watch any of this. Okay. The women's is always
0: screwy, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because it's never anyone that you expect it to be. They'll always just throw it on a rando and yeah, hope like, for the best. Like last year when they did it with Nikki and then they did the cash in the next night. And then just like, completely like fucked her character up.
1: Yeah, like put it on Lacey Evans or I mean all no disrespect to Shotzi, but she's not exactly a featured player, like just something random like that, right?
0: But I could see them putting it on Shotzi. It's like, oh she's back on TV, she needs something. Oh give her money in the bank, right? Mm. We took everything a wealth uh, everything else away from her. Let's give her this.
4: Yeah.
0: Um is Lacey Evans on TV a heel or a face these days?
1: Uh, I couldn't tell you because the last time I saw her was her first return video. And then I never watched another
0: thing. Okay. So I'm going to make my prediction for the women's as Liv Morgan.
1: Yeah, they have been shoving the plucky up underdog up down our throats for a while, you know. But right. uh, I still have to go with my home team on this one. Um, For the men's, I saw them doing stuff
0: on YouTube like pushing that it was going to be Riddle, right? Yeah, it's, it's that, 100% going to be a Riddle. And that just sounds stupid. It is, but... Just as a joke, it should be Omos. <laughs> so I'm picking Omos.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't care about anybody that's in this match other than maybe Sami Zayn, but Riddle is absolutely going to be the bet because that's what it's all about is doing the bet. You're going to have him like have things in his... His suitcase, other than the contract, and he's gonna be all stone. He's gonna be like, I don't remember where I put it, Ugh. and all that stuff, and it, it, it's gonna be riddle.
0: Oh no! You know what? I'm take I'm taking back my pick of the Colossus Omas, right? Okay. Um. So none of the other ti- none of the other titles are changing hands, right? Like Bianca's gonna retain, fucking Ronda's gonna retain, Usos are retaining. And Austin Theory is going to retain because they, he you know, like he doesn't need the belt for a match at SummerSlam with John Cena, but he's going to have the belt for a match with John Cena at SummerSlam. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: My pick for the men's has been changed to Sami Zayn. Because okay. Sami Zayn is still trying to kiss up to get into the bloodline. And him winning the money in the bank, obviously he's going to try to get one over on Roman, but he's going to be like, no, no, I'm keeping this safe so no one else can try to catch <laughs> in on you, Roman. I would never do that to you, Roman. I'm part of the bloodline. You know what I mean? So I think you get more weeks of TV out of uh, – more entertaining weeks of TV out of Sammy as the sneak with the Money in the Bank briefcase as opposed to Riddle
1: like, oh, I put my weed in it, bro. Oh, thanks, guys. See, the Sammy Zayn thing, I love that idea. It's brilliant. It would – fucking go over like a million bucks. So they won't do that. That's not going to happen <laughs> with Vince and control, but like, I can picture it right now. You would have like, somebody takes it. Not necessarily takes out roman but roman had like a hard-fought match he's groggy sammy Zayn comes out and then like roman gets his his wherewithal back and like sammy then says oh i was just checking on you (laughs) you know like he almost goes to hand the briefcase to the ref and he's like oh hey uh, is everything okay but i love that It's it's a good good angle so it definitely will not happen that's a bummer yeah yeah, you're, you're, you're booking it as if this was a company that wanted to put on a good television product, which is a big mistake.
0: Well, you know, I, I want, um, I, I, you know, I, I want it to be good, so I will tune in and see the good things.
1: Yes, I, I get it, but uh, I, I want things, too, that won't happen. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Everybody right. enjoy the premium live event this weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, so because of the premium live event, whether or not we're watching it, um, you know, there is no homework just in case we decide that we're going to watch it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, hey, uh, let's get into some voicemails. I remember to do them here.
1: Oh, hey, okay. I know it was brought up on Twitter that somebody was like, oh, let's keep the voicemails at the end of the show. But I don't know. A weekly purchases is kind of the finale, and it's like TV talk on Longbox Heroes. If you don't, if you're not interested in that stuff, you can kind of tap out, you know. For sure. All right. Voicemail time.
4: Hello, at odds with wrestling, the home of Austin Matosas. Voice calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm calling very early this week. It's Sunday right now, but I just have to get this off before I forget.
3: I have a question, and it's for all the fucking.
4: Russian gimmick wrestlers in this independent world. Do you understand
3: that the Cold War ended 30 years ago? The Soviet Union
2: is no more.
3: Stop dressing up in hammer and sickles. Are you trying to offend people? Because I gotta tell you, it's not working. It's stupid. This is it, 1985. You know, everyone loved Rocky IV, I understand, but no, like, it, it it sucks. It sucks. You hear me? It sucks.
2: And
4: it's just not working. Like, and, and I can't even, like, I can go on for hours as to why it's such a stupid idea to dress as a Soviet Union wrestler, but I, I, I can't do it. You know, I think you guys know damn well. It's just, it, it's dumb. That's all I got. I had to get that off my chest all you guys out there find a new character or something i don't know take care
1: (laughs) thank you artie i think no i agree with artie on the fact that the hammer and sickle you know uh the bolshevik type gimmick is played out and it's like let's put that to rest but i think everybody who does the russian gimmick needs to modernize it because obviously russians are still the heels so your your gimmick is now that like you're sowing dissent on social media. You know you're like, oh, if you don't let me have this title match, I'm going to like rig an election or something like that. Like it's I, I'm working it out. I'm still figuring out the details, but you're going to modernize the Russian character into something that's like basically an internet troll. Did Artie uh, did Arty get booked against like a fake Koloff this weekend or something <laughs> that he's got a bee in his bonnet about this? I'm not sure. The last time I talked to Artie he was growing his hair out, so I have to grow my hair out. It I doesn't was, make any sense.
0: I, I was gonna mention that next, but <laughs> I don't know. I, like I, I think you and Artie and Chuck need to have like a group chat where yeah. like whatever these style goals that you guys are working on, like there needs to be a vote is all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> yeah, for some reason Chuck Stone doesn't include me in any of these con- these consultations, these discussions. I'm a little offended, but uh, well, I as-
0: sh- I assume instead of talking to the horse's ass, he's talking to the horse's head, you know, to get things <laughs> done. Um, but I'll go you one better. I like your idea in regards to uh, a, a you know, it's a Soviet person today, hammer and sickle notwithstanding. You know, that's kind of played out. It's like thirty years old. But if you're gonna do a Russian type gimmick, uh, you do it like um the tracksuit bros from the Hawkeye TV show slash comic book. You do it like the Russian mob guys in, uh, the boys, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, where you have like the, the gaudy outfit, the gold chains, the stuff that doesn't match. And, you know, you just kind of say a couple, two, three words and, you know, you still have the same look. Essentially. They're all bald headed guys with goatees, you know, they just (laughs) don't have the, uh, the Cossack hats and, you know, winter jackets and the hammer and sickle. I'm with you. You could still be a fake Russian in 2022, but you'd need to modernize it, right?
1: Yeah, like instead of a Brigitte Nielsen or Alana, you can have like a Russian cam girl.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. Thanks, Artie. That was a good listen. Thanks, Artie. You're working on that. <laughs> Next
4: call. Hello, Joe. Adam. Uh, so I, I'm inspired by Adam this week for my phone call. Um, Adam was, uh, testing out his, um, TV viewing equipment there, <laughs> making sure all the buttons work, uh, pause, fast forward, pause, rewind, pause again, um, for reasons here. Um, partly because of his love of Japanese wrestling and wanting to see the, follow-up from forbidden door and you know people like claudio debuting in aew and partly to see uh unfortunately only the second um battle between two women on a two-hour show and there was only one on the pay-per-view pay-per-view makes sense i get it get a pass but i kind of feel like only one women's match for a two-hour show with all the women on the roster and i know many people have said that but I'm kind of feeling like one per hour would be a good uh, rule of thumb here. Well, then I got thinking, all right, so how would I book a show? You know, an entire two-hour show. And and Joe's been known for saying, you know, we could shave a couple minutes off this, a couple minutes off of that. But I kind of feel like for a, quote, perfect wrestling card, uh, especially, you know, for the two-hour shows, I think one women's match per hour, Uh, maybe one tag per hour. Uh, Obviously, you got to build up for your main event thing. I think that you throw one uh, comedy or lighter match in there. I think only one um, extreme, hardcore, no rules, whatever you want to call it, match per show. And that kind of balances out and gives a little bit of everything. So, Joe, Adam, what would be – all right, you're booking a two-hour show. What do you have one of? What do you have two of? And some question – Shouldn't AEW Dynamite have more than one woman's match, more than one woman's segment? All right, that's my thoughts for this week. Cups it clean. I'm proud of me. Hope you're proud of me too. Talk to you guys <laughs> next week. Bye.
1: Um, I will just say, like, I'm not going to give it a formula where it's like, okay, you need to have one comedy match and one hardcore match and one, like, brawl. Like, then it becomes very formulaic. But I like the idea of, like, a rule of thumb having – one women's match per hour and even if it's like okay we're gonna have two in the first hour or two in the last hour where it averages out but like i'm fine with that because it has become comical that it's like the 9:30 spot you're gonna have the AEW women's match but on the flip side there are a lot of people on the AEW roster and not everybody can be featured and Maybe not everybody in the AEW female roster is that great, but I would like to see more at-bats for them to get better, you know?
0: Yeah. So um, now, first of all, uh, luckily I recognize his voice, but uh, Kevin did break the first rule of any phone call into a podcast as he didn't state his name. um so it really could have been anyone uh (laughs) hijacking his phone and his voice but yeah you can't just say there has to be this many women's matches or segments or whatever it is because uh this is one of the other things that dj and i were discussing at the comic book shop is is you know sometimes what if they did a dynamite where there was no women's matches and what if they did a rampage where it was all women's matches you know it's just what fits the situation and there are you know segments and backstage things to build up other women segments and you know it's a two-hour television show and without commercials it's an hour 40 something something um and i'm not one of those people that goes there and times it and says well if it's an hour 44 and only 19 minutes was devoted to women and they have this many women on the roster and so on and so forth that's for somebody else to do right uh-huh. uh what if they give us one women's match that goes two segments that breaks our rule, right? We should no. We can't have that happen because it has to be one women's match an hour, right? No. What if we have like this week where it's a match and then it's an angle afterwards? Now, granted, they come like immediately right after each other, but you know the women got a little bit more time than possible, and it's very clear that the current storyline is Chris Statlander, um, Athena, and Jade Cargill. Okay. I'm sure they're going to figure something for Thunder Rosa to do. I figure that I'm sure once they're ready to bring Brit back on TV, there's going to have something for her to do. There's five women right there that you could just mix and match with anyone else on the roster to get the matches on TV or get them segments on TV or get them anything on TV. Even in the uh, blood and guts thing, they started a little bit of a thing between Ruby riot and take auntie. Right? Yeah. Does that count as a women's segment? Because it was part of the main event. Super angle that was taking up the last hour of the show? Yeah, sure. Granted, it was only a couple seconds, but they were in the main event. They had a spot in the main event, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Everything, this is that three to six to nine month plan of like, who are we using on TV? Who are we giving these pushes to? We need to make sure that they're on TV every week and so on and so forth. And if that just means like a 30 second backstage segment this week, that's what it is this week, man. And that's just the way, unfortunately it goes. You know, AEW is only a three-year-old company. They're still figuring it out. You know, WCW, as we knew it during the Nitro era, when it hit Nitro, it had only existed in that status as it was for like eight years, right? Mm-hmm. And they still weren't figuring out. You know, WWE has been around for how long? They're still figuring it out. They still screw it up from time to time, more times than not. Um, But the, the other thing is, so, like, let's say if we just do it's like, well, we're going to do two token women's segments, one per hour. Then we get shit like that live in front of the crowd Serena Deeb promo that died a horrible death, right? Mm. So you really need to figure it out. You can't just do these things to fill a quota.
1: No, no, I get it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think that's where it's like it would be nice if it averaged out to it. But I agree if you're just predictably doing two per yeah. night, you know, then it becomes obvious. Right. All right, next caller.
3: Fuck you, bitches. I don't care. I literally fucked you up, bitch. <laughs> uh,
0: well, uh, I'm glad <laughs> Amazing Dragon had a good time at Forbidden Door this past week. Um, that's very different than his appearances on uh, the Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling podcast. But uh, thank you, uh, Noli, for stealing your dad's phone and calling in.
1: that kid is out of control He Mm -hmm. needs some some strong parenting he's always trying to start fights with wrestlers man now he now he's feuding with us that kid's i
0: I think i heard him say adam in there he didn't say nothing about me
1: oh i didn't i didn't catch that well uh, i have too many uh too many bits going on and too many beefs with too many places so i'm gonna have to wait until you get a little bit older noli before i I feud with you but uh you're on the roster you're on my list Alright,
0: last call. Pink button time.
3: Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Ed. Um, Normally, I, like, have something prepared. Like, a little question or something. But I got nothing right now. But, uh, hopefully you guys, you know, broke down the uh, PBD Pro Draft for 2022, or you're getting about to. Uh, I really like that segment, because it's about me. Um, but... I'm getting cosplays ready for Colossal Con East in September. Hopefully I see you guys there. And I'm bouncing around between two ideas um, and I just want to know what you guys think. So I can do one that's a solo cosplay, right? It would be definitely a Catgirl Hayabusa. Or uh, I have a friend that is going and she is getting into wrestling, right? Um, which is unfortunate for her. Um, but I was thinking her and I could do a gender swap, uh, hawk and animal, right? It'd be cool. i get like pink shorter pads. though with spikes, <laughs> maybe glitter spikes. I don't know.
2: Uh,
3: but that one would be a lot of work, but I think it would be worth it. And I would be animal. I called dibs on animal. Um, so, what do you guys think? What, what what option do you think is better for Colossal Con East? Uh, keep in mind, if you're going, you will uh, probably be eating at a dinner with me dressed uh, in this stuff. <laughs> so keep that in mind, too. Also, Joe, why aren't you excited for Clerks 3? Why do you keep saying that? Clerks 2 is the best Kevin Smith movie. It's one of the best movies of all time. I don't understand how you're not excited about Clerks 3. Um, I'm sure you'll tell me now how you're not excited for it. And my brain still won't be able to grasp it because it's going to be good. Like, Clerks 2 is really, really, really good. It's Kevin Smith's best movie. So, uh, those characters just work. And he knows how to write for them. I think it's gonna be fine, Joe. It's not gonna be the James Simon Silent Bot reboot. It's, uh, this is gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Okay, bye!
1: Alright, Joe, let's address those in reverse order. Uh, right. I will just have you start off Clerks 3. Yay or nay? Oh my goodness. like... The
0: biggest nay in the history of nays. Uh, another horse is here just to say nay. And listen, I still consider myself a Kevin Smith fan, but I like to pretend that he stopped making movies in 2001. Okay?
1: Yeah, I think his last movie, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back or Dogma, which happened last?
0: Uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I'll give you a okay. push on Jersey Girl, right? Yeah, nah, I won't. <laughs> um. So, uh, I'll, So, like, Clerks 2 is bad. Zack and Miri Make a Porno was not a Kevin Smith movie. It was Kevin Smith trying to make a Judd Apatow movie and failing. Uh, Red State was people hyping it up as a horror movie, and it definitely was not a horror movie. Yeah. And, Ed, before you could tell me to go see Clerks 3, I want you to watch Tusk. I want you to watch Yoga Hosers. And it sounds like you already watched Jay Inside and the Bob Reboot. So you watch those three movies and you get back to me? And we'll talk about Clerks 3. Listen, man, people lose their fastball. I love Kevin Smith comic books. His run on Daredevil is fantastic. His run on Green Arrow, unbelievable. He's written a lot of other comics since. And he's got a new line coming out from Dark Horse Comics. As far as I'm concerned, those comics don't exist. Because they stop being good. Um, Did you read the one that he did? It was Batman Cacophony, it was called. Do you remember
1: this? Yeah, yeah, I, I read... I honestly was that super late because I think I might have read it like to a point. I mean, all of this stuff is super late, but I think I might have started it, but never finished Cacophony.
0: It was a Kevin Smith comic. So, of course, it was late.
1: Yeah. Um, well, sometimes they're either late or they just don't finish like Daredevil Target.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, or uh, Spider-Man, Black Cat, like the devil that yeah. the, the evil that men do. Where yep, We got yep. the first two issues and then the next four issues came out like. Six years later.
1: Oh, I didn't even know they finished that.
0: Oh, yeah, they did. (laughs) But so where I'm going with this is in Batman Cacophony, Batman, who is still young in the game, uh, opens up to the villain in the in the piece uh, who Batman did not know was a villain yet. And tells a story that while like out on patrol or like fighting people that he won shit himself. (laughs) <laughs> and I get that's the Kevin Smith type of humor, uh, and I get that his sort of writing, but I don't want to know nothing about no uh pro- like height of his powers. Batman crap in his pants, right? Yeah. Tell that story somewhere else where I don't have to read it. Create your own Batman knockoff and have him crap his pants all the time, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, so uh, like I said, Ed, you watch those three movies and you get back to me and you talk to me about uh, Clerks three, okay? Yeah, Tusk was unwatchable.
2: Okay. James
1: Bob reboot. Uh, I didn't hate it, but that's probably out of blind loyalty to like the characters that I liked, but it wasn't good. And I refused to watch Yoga Hosers. I bet you it's great, Adam.
0: If, <laughs> if Tusk was unwatchable... And yeah. Jay and Son Bob Reboot was only okay because you recognized the faces and the catchphrases. I'm <laughs> yes. sure Yoga Hosers, starring Kevin Smith's wonderfully talented daughter, was a blast.
1: <laughs> well, how Far, are you convinced me. Um, as far as cosplay, since I will not be affected by the uh, dinner afterwards, I say one thousand percent you got to go with the gender swapped uh, Road Warriors Legion of Doom because you've done the cat girl Hayabusa before, so that's played out.
0: Uh, I think Ed should wear cat girl Hayabusa to uh, Ashtabula WrestleCon WrestleFest. Uh, he should wear it there on July thirtieth. Uh, And then he should do the gender-swapped Legion of Doom with his friend for Con. But with this proviso, uh, as he has already picked Animal as his uh, person that he's going to do, I don't think Ed is going to get a mohawk like Animal did. And (laughs) a lot of times uh, Animal would do face paint that would be in a pattern of a spider. I think Ed should do his face paint in that of a cat girl.
1: Okay. Yeah, I could see that. With yeah. some whiskers and whatnot. Yeah. And what was the first oh PVD drafts. PvD um, draft, baby. Yeah. All right. I, I'll just say I think everybody did very good. Um, Ed, you had a great show. I voted Jonah. Uh, full disclosure, just something about Jonah's drafts always speak to me. And regardless of whatever the hell happens in this poll, uh, the whole thing is rigged. So I hoped that we do not acknowledge if Jobbers in the in the lead because uh, this entire election is rigged. Stop the steal it, it, nonsense. The Jobbers in the lead because like a, a Discord was like, hey, vote for Jobber. Mm. I disagree with that. You use whatever tools you have available
0: to you. And the fact that Ed is probably the most vocal of anyone on social media is in last place. And Pat, (laughs) who doesn't even have social media, is somehow in, like, second to last place. And listen, Pat, uh, everybody had nice, cute little cards. Pat put together a match that was dream matches for all of his buddies in AIW, and that was great. And Ed put together his uh, dream match and uh, his dream show, and he, he somehow, like, so... Ed put on an Ed show, but he didn't go full Ed. You know, like there was no uh, Candy Lee. There was no (laughs) like he was missing some of the Ed staples of an Ed card. Right. Yeah. Jobber's card was really good. I was cracking up. But the problem with Jobber's card was he had four home runs and one miss. The Kaplan-Otis match. And I get why it was on there. But Otis hasn't been a meat man for, like, almost a year and a half. So I get you got to do what you got to do. Uh, I love the bit with Bob Holly and Cole Radrick. I love the thing with Chris Benoit Jr. And the fact that Chris Benoit's in wrestling heaven. Um, <laughs> all of this, all the uh, jobber stuff was great. But the big sore thumb was that Kaplan uh otis match it just didn't fit into the like what he had booked you know yeah uh jonas on the other hand decided to just do the scorched earth booking policy i love it <laughs> i loved it um now i will in the in the interest of full disclosure when uh jonas did not tell me his card ahead of time hmm. uh but he did say hey remind me why did this person get canceled <laughs> so I had to send them, like, all the, like, I had, like, I'm not going to say that I had to send them all the research and stuff. I have all this stuff available ready at, at the ready, right? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. because a lot of times maybe, like, LVAC Mantis will be like, hey, what's up with this person? How come I don't see them booked anymore, you know? Yeah, So yeah, I gotta, yeah. be like, I gotta be the one that helps Mantis and the other guy's like, oh, no, that person's, like, hard canceled, you know? <laughs> Um, now, Jonah could have put Vince Russo on the show, uh, could have put Enzo, could have put some more Jonah staples on there. But I definitely think that Jonah had the strongest card because when the show was over, good triumphed over evil and friend of the show, Arthur MacArthur, won the main event.
1: <laughs> this is also true. They they booked a top guy, so that,
0: that's right. And there's still like four days left. Um, hopefully, we, if you're within the sound of our voice, um, you know maybe I'll put a link to this in the show notes. And uh, if you haven't voted, I, listen, I go say I say go listen to Pod Van Dam. They've been put on a great show every week. Uh, phone call segment is my favorite segment of the show. Um, <laughs> come on, we're supposed to laugh at these things. Yeah. Uh, but I say, whether you listen or not, I say vote for Jonah. Let's uh let's get our listenership behind Jonah, right?
1: Yeah, let's throw the might of the soon-to-be named network behind it.
0: <laughs> That's right. All of my tw- all of my social media accounts already voted for him, so why not real people <laughs> this time?
1: I was uh, uh full disclosure. I was logging into the Ad Odds account to go what? ahead and throw a vote to Jonah. I was like, oh, Joe beat me to it. But, beat uh, you to it, man. Yeah, fair enough.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> so thanks everyone who called in. Yeah, yeah. Uh Hey, Adam mentioned soon-to-be-named network.com. He'll hit all the plugs of the shows and everything else like that. Uh, Head over to our T Public store through the mothership, tinyurl.com slash longboxheroes. Uh, Get shirts and cell phone covers and notebooks with at odds inspired designs on them. Uh, There'll probably be like a 35% sale next week, so maybe wait till then even. Um, Go sign up for Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, uh, a.k.a. uh, internetwrestling.tv. Uh, promo code at odds, new subscriber doesn't get you anything anymore, but it gets us a couple bucks. Uh, if you stick around as a subscriber, which you absolutely certainly will. And I just want to say, um, the, I mentioned before the hood foot versus Slade match did not happen at a beyond show. It happened at the GCW show. That's tonight. I just want to make sure that we have clarity there. I'm sure as people hear me say it, they'll be messaging me. It's like, no, it was the GCW show. I'm correcting myself. I'm ignoring your message. This is me telling you I'm ignoring your message when you message me later when you listen to the show. Um, another way they can help us out is by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click-through. Uh, it is in the show notes to every single one of these episodes. Um, uh, it does not cost you anything extra. They, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Uh, some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this week include uh, someone, and I'm going to guess the same person, uh, purchased a Sega Sonic the Hedgehog Boys graphic t-shirt and mesh
1: shorts set. Easy for you to say. I thought you were about to say meth.
0: No, well, meth. listen, I think that's Sonichu-branded meth that you would be <laughs> buying, but I don't think you can get that through Amazon. Uh, and also, somebody purchased the Sonic the Hedgehog Encyclopedia speedia hardcover book
1: oh did todd write that he better not have. <laughs> that's definitely right up his alley of punniness
0: but uh thank you to anyone who made uh, purchases of the amazon click through uh this 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 week this month this year this whenever uh every little bit is greatly appreciated
1: absolutely and uh, I'm not sure if we're at this part because full disclosure, I ran to the bathroom when you were talking. So I will just say that there's other podcasts you should listen to. Maybe when you're in the bathroom, and those podcasts are Long Box Heroes, Long Box Heroes After Dark, We Need Wrestling, Hit My Music, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, WWE War, Wrestling Cheers, IWTV Guide, Pod Van Dam, Wings on Wings. Between the Sheets, and go check out my appearance on Final Wrestling Place this past week, where uh, you know I had a good conversation with Tim and Marcus about the LVAC and Yankees and being a doll dork and a bunch of other stuff. It was a good time. I, I liked being on there, finally. Yeah,
0: it was a fun appearance. Uh, you did very well uh, with Tim and Marcus. They did a good job of keeping you in line, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was 100% harshy free, and they didn't even have to edit that out. You know, there's no curses <laughs> that had to be edited out of it. So uh, it was a really good time. It was a good podcast. Uh, go check it out. Uh, but one thing you shouldn't check out, Joe, and an, a, a podcast that will never be in my plugs is The A Show. And I don't know if you had a chance, uh, whether or not you want to go ahead and like bump up their numbers. But did you, did you hear about the advertisement that I bought with the, the soon to be named network credit card? I bought out the entire advertising section of the middle of their show this week.
2: Uh,
0: well, right. So uh, I saw a number on the corporate ca- credit card, and then I saw another number on the corporate credit card when you bumped it up. Nope. Yes. And of course, I listened to it. Um, I thought you were done leaving poor Matt and Chris alone.
1: <laughs> well, I wanted to congratulate them on another tournament of champions. So I felt like, you know, it would be the I would be the bigger man and I would just go ahead and just say, you know, congratulations and uh, you know, not at all bury them in the process, but I thought it was just a, a very respectful thing as a former two time tournament champions winner for me to do. And uh, uh, I think it was money well spent, Joe. So, go, so I guess go listen to that. If you want to hear, you know, my, my, uh, my advertising.
0: Yeah. Well, I want my money to, to be well spent off the corporate account. But yep. uh, have they replied? Did they respond to uh, your a- allegations, accusations and challenges?
1: I have no idea. I have Derline and Decker blocked on all the socials. Okay. So.
0: <laughs> kind of uh, counterproductive then to pay money for them to hear a message and then block all channels for them to reply to you.
1: I don't want to reply. It was just purely a, again. I was just congratulating them. I was being the bigger man. That's all. Uh, maybe maybe I'll unblock like the A show burner account or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, go check out the the congratulations that I gave to them. But I think that's it for the the regular show, Joe.
0: Yes, and it's the part that Adam has been building toward all day. Money, 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 money.
2: Some might cost a little.
1: Some might cost a lot, but I'm the $100 Vansky, and your figures will be bought! <laughs> All right, Joe, before we get into this, I just want to say for those that may have listened to Final Wrestling Place this week, we did a weekly purchases, as is required on all podcasts that I appear on. And I did have several weekly purchases on We Need Wrestling. I'm sorry, Final Wrestling Place, I should say. My apologies. I get it confused because Brett comes on to uh, weekly purchases, and that's where I was getting that from. Anyways, uh, we had recorded the last Ad Odds on Thursday. Uh, we did final wrestling place on Saturday, and I had like five or six things, you know. So uh, everything I talk about is between Saturday and now being Thursday. And uh, Joe, this is gonna come as a surprise to you, but I have a lot of purchases.
0: All right. So you know what? Let me get my one right out of the way, and then you could just steamroll the rest of the segment, okay? All right. So I'm an I'd I'd uh, put an impassioned plea out. Uh, for a new uh, MP3 player a couple weeks ago. I did have someone contact me in the DMs uh, that found a decent price, even especially because of the conversion rate, through Best Buy Canada's website. Okay. And they were offering for them to buy it and have it shipped to them and then ship it to me. And I greatly appreciate them willing to go through the effort. Um, but I, I still got this thing held together by duct tape and string uh, for a little longer, but I, I do appreciate it. I did bookmark that link that you sent me. Uh, but the one thing that I didn't count on, Adam, and I should have been ready for, so when I leave the house on Wednesdays, I take my MP3 player with me, but I plug it into the aux uh, thing on my, my car, right? Yep. And I left my headphones, uh, my earbuds here, uh, but I didn't close the door on the office enough, and the cat got in here and ate them.
1: <laughs> ate the headphones yes oh see that's why I'm, I'm 100% headphone free in this household yeah podcasting listening to music it doesn't matter no headphones <laughs>
0: I, I I have to I like that freedom of movement to go around the house now I always have a backup spare pair but mm-hmm. it like the backup spare pair that I have is not a uh optimal pair so I went on Amazon and I went through like pr- previous purchases and I saw that like the earphones earbuds whatever that i like and use are literally like six dollars a pair
1: mm-hmm. so
0: i just bought like four pairs of them
1: <laughs> just stock up you just know?
0: stocking up right like elaine and the sponges <laughs>
1: <laughs> i like it all right that makes sense i've yeah. i've done that with sometimes with uh with cables and whatnot especially you know leaving the importer exporter business and want to use my discount i'm like eh, i should probably buy like ethernet cables or usb type c cables or lightning cables and just put them in a drawer somewhere you know
0: um so last but not least this is a weekly purchases dodged uh i got my car back from inspection today
1: with no major repairs needing to be done on my car oh holy shit that's that's kind of unexpected
0: (laughs) that's right so i'm gonna have myself a
1: steak tomorrow for dinner (laughs) nice All right. Well, congratulations on dodging that bullet. Uh, All right, Joe, let's get into it. Cause I I have a lot. I'll try to be quick on some things, but I do want to discuss some other things. I'm going to start off right off the bat and just address the fact that the major pod, super seven series two went up for pre-order and I was, you know, I'm not going to kayfabe it or anything like that. I did pre-order a set. I pre-ordered it through entertainment earth because then I won't have to pay for them until they ship. Uh, Yes, they're expensive, but we can him and haul all we want. It's not like I wasn't going to buy those. Did did
0: you listen to the Brian Flynn interview that uh, Hawkins and Broski and Marky did?
1: I, I did today, yes.
0: Okay, so I know we had discussed this privately, and I know uh, Brian put it up in the Facebook group. And I had said it before I saw Brian's comments, but Broski absolutely screwed Brian on this.
1: Oh yeah! Just listening to the amount of work that just goes yes. into painting the the spiked shoulder pads and gauntlets of Broski, uh, and,
0: and the splatter paint, painted, make sure it like matches his gear exactly, as opposed to it just being splattered paint. And yeah. then Brian admitting in the Facebook group that like even though both their figures are seventy five bucks each, like Brian's figure is paying for deco on Broski's figure. Yeah, like. Uh, I- I just hope that when they get their cut of the fucking money, when it's all said and done, yeah, that that doesn't come out of Brian's money, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know what their royalty thing is, but uh, Super 7 should be the one eating whatever money they have to take out of Brian's figure to pay for Broski's figure. Not Brian loses it out of his pocket, you know? Yeah, like,
1: like, whatever the margin is, like, I don't know, let's make up a number and say that they make $5- per figure or whatever. I'm
0: sure it's more than that, but sure.
1: Well, no, I'm not talking about super seven. I'm talking about the talent themselves, like after production and all that. stuff. let's just say if it's $5 per figure, it needs to be $5 for each of them, regardless of how one of the figures skewed the cost or whatever, you know, it it should be like, okay, Matt sells a thousand and Brian sells, you know, 800. They still need to make $5 a piece on each one of them. Exactly. Um, all right. So yeah, I did pre-order a set and like we talked before, uh, you know, Entertainment Earth or Big Bad Toy Store is the way to go because then you they they don't have an interest free loan on your money for a year, you know. Right. All right. So I I did actually sell some stuff in the Major Pod Group, and I just want to bring it up here because I I got some flack when I bought these things back in the day. Uh, I will say that I sold my extra Shop AEW Kenny Omega figure. Uh, didn't make a ton of money, but I profited like ten bucks, so I'll take it. You know. Uh, I sold the major moment bendies if you remember those limited to 175 bendies i had bought two of them
0: that I, came out like mania weekend right
1: exactly i almost
0: tripled my money on those so ching the one where they accidentally sent them out to everyone to buy and then they had to refund people's and, like, it was a big mess in doing yep. the orders. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because it's like, oh, they, they initially put them up for, like, $600 and, like, Shawnee Caulfield bought them for $600 because he yep. thought that was the price. But, And I did sell my broski figure robe, if you remember, I bought that, like, maybe a month ago. Uh, right. The
0: one that he wore is the NWA champion.
1: Exactly. I made a couple of bucks on that. So all so- all ended up well. I, I got rid of some of the stuff that I bought to flip. Uh, so that allowed me to buy other things, Joe. There
0: you go. I was going to say a lot of selling, not a lot of buy-in in this segment no, so no, far. No.
1: Yeah, there's, uh, I've sold some stuff, but that allowed me to kind of cut loose a little bit. Um, and I'll just say that I did buy the one out of 180 major player bendies. So okay. I, I continue to be complete on the Matt and Brian bendies. And I don't know if you heard anything about the absolute chaos that was whatnot that night, but I guess whatnot was having a ton of problems. Like I could not get the app to load on my phone. I actually installed it on my iPad and it just barely worked on there. Like to give you some concept, like they were like congratulating people for winning auctions. And on my timer, it was still saying there was like 20 seconds left. There's a ton of lag or whatever, but they had put up 50 of these major player bendies on whatnot right after the last live show.
2: Right. And Friday right night, sure.
1: Exactly. I didn't know about this. They were gone, whatever. Um, and then they were like, we're going to put up 50 uh, again, and then we're going to do the last like 30 because they're going to keep a bunch for themselves, obviously. Um, So they basically did, a, okay, we're going to list them in the store as buy it now. In five, four, three, two, one. All right, they're up there. And then you had to go and just immediately, there are a ton of them up there. And you couldn't just click on one and it would have given it, there's 50 listings. So I was like smart enough to like scroll down and not click on the first one. But even then it took me three attempts to get one to go through. Uh, But when all said and done, I got it. But there were people bitching, and I think rightfully so in the, the Facebook group, that they would click on the major players Bendy buy it now. And because whatnot was such a shit show across the country that night, that like by the time their finger like hit the screen, it changed to like a Brian Myers eight by 10. And once you click buy it now, what not just automatically takes your money. So like people were like, Hey, I was clicking on the link for the major players bendies, and I was winning like broski and Myers eight by tens. And I requested to cancel, it and they were like, sorry about your damn luck, pal. Uh, so I was like, Oh, that's a lot of drama. But long story short, Whatnot was a disaster, but I got my major player bendies.
0: Well, I, and again, I wish I knew what to say about these sort of things. And yeah. obviously the boys have uh, pivoted to selling a lot of their stuff through Whatnot. And I'm sure they have some sort of deal with Whatnot, and that's great. But if Whatnot can't handle the volume that these guys are obviously going to and have brought in, yep. they're going to end up losing money as opposed to bringing people there. Like, obviously, this is an iso- – hopefully, this is an isolated incident over the weekend. Hopefully, the next time that they decide to do this, they work out whatever kinks they have with Whatnot. Because, one, like, one time I think people will let slide, but not, like, a second or third time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, speaking of Whatnot, I – was just kind of fucking around on there. Mostly I was just checking to see if the app was working again. This might've been the next day. And I had seen uh, a seller who I had, uh, I didn't buy anything from before, but I added them to my like list because I've mentioned before that I don't like a lot of the whatnot sellers because they do games and blind boxes and all that kind of nonsense. But there's a seller called J and J co figures uh, that I had added to my like list. And I guess I had just joined their stream when it started and they did a giveaway, and like obviously you enter every giveaway, Joe. It's like, if it's free, it's for me. Uh, and I had actually right off the rip won a, a Rey Mysterio Basic. And I was like, okay, cool. I mean, I don't want it. I'll give it away to somebody. But it's just it's cool to win something free. But here's the thing, Joe. They started all their auctions at a dollar. And there was only, like at the most, 17 people in the room. At the lowest, there was like nine people in the room. And like, there was a lot of deals to be had. There was actually a ton of figures, like mostly basics, couple elites that went unsold at a dollar. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, I could pay a dollar for it, but then I'd have to get rid of this figure. So I passed on a lot of stuff, surprisingly, but because I won the giveaway, the way WhatNot does it is they just assume that that is your first purchase and every additional item only has like a dollar shipping cost. So I got a bunch of steals and just real quick, these were all original San Francisco toy maker WCW figures from 98. <laughs> okay. And they're all mint on card. And uh, I basically, I paid $7 for a Ric Flair, which I didn't really want, but I'm like, oh, I'm just going to throw that up in the group for like 35 shipped and see if I can sell it. You know, um, this is the real steal. I paid $6 for an NWO Wolfpack Kevin Nash. Ooh. And I, I had to step up a little bit on this one because somebody wouldn't let me just walk away with this one. Uh, a, a crow, Kabuki Crow Sting, I paid 18 bucks for. Okay. Which, which is like a $45 figure. Uh, so when all is said and done, I spent like $30 with shipping and everything like that for these three figures plus the freebie. And like I said, I plan on just selling the Ric Flair. Uh, It was just because it was cheap and I was bidding on all the WCW stuff. But $6 for a mint on card Kevin Nash figure, I think, is a fucking steal, especially when it's 25 years old, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I saw you – I think it was Tuesday night I saw you tweeting out about that. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, you know, I'm glad that you found a uh, whatnot room with deals and uh, no one playing games.
1: Yeah, no, I know it was the, and there was a really entertaining room. So I do recommend check those guys out, but, um, thank you to DJ for the heads up. Paul Mart had back in stock, the Walmart Legends series two figures. So I went ahead and I swooped up the aforementioned Kevin Nash, uh, the Scott Hall and the HBK. So I have all the series two guys that I need and I don't want anybody from series three. So I'm done for a little bit with the superstar series. Did
0: you um, see somebody in the group today was getting rid of, like, all of their ultimates?
1: Yeah, I saw it. Um, they weren't, like, really – they were cheaper than retail or cheaper than eBay pricing, but it was like, all right, this is a uh, an ultimate that normally goes for 150 and they're selling it for 130 So they were giving deals, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, I have to check this. Enough of a deal that – yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I saw that. And uh...
0: I, I, there's there's times I mention on, uh, you know, we get into it on Longbox Heroes After Dark this week, uh, like with the new Neca Casey Jones that's coming out. Yeah. And like the time that it comes out and what accounts are tweeting it out, I'm like, I don't need to message Todd about this. He knows this is happening. <laughs> and just like when I saw the
1: Ultimates in the group, I'm like,
0: I don't need to message Adam. He he he's aware.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I appreciate it. Um. One kind of off-related topic. This is not a purchase, but the the His Tank, the G.I. Joe His Tank that HasLab is doing. You know, it's another crowdfunded thing, kind of like the the back, the new-gen arena from last year. Yes. Uh, I've been following that. It was funded within, like, seven hours, and they're already about to hit their second stretch goal. I want to just real quick bring up a topic or a debate here. I think it is financially wise... To back everything, Joe. And this is where I'm coming from. If you look at the the eBay sales. And not the, the eBay asking price. But the eBay sales. For like the Razor Crest, the, the Star Wars Return of the Jedi Barge. The Marvel Legends Sentinel. The Galactus. The Unicron for Transformers. Every single one of these crowdfunded things. And even the new Gen Arena. Which hasn't come out yet. They sell for like quadruple the the funding price. Like regularly, it's not like oh, there's one sale of the new gen arena that was a profit. There's people like paying six, seven hundred dollars for that ring right now that I paid two fifty for a year ago, and I don't even have it in my hands. So like, shouldn't I back this his tank and just sell it a year from now? Like, doesn't that make sense? Because every single one of these crowdfunded thing goes through the roof that Unicron that I didn't even know about until after it came out, it was a $500 pledge. They sell for like $4,000. So it's like, why not spend, what is this? $300 for this his tank and then sell it for seven, $800 a year from now. Like, I feel like, am I crazy? Isn't this like a, a wise investment? Uh, Are you crazy? Yes. Well, yeah, obviously. In this one instance, though.
0: So is this a wise investment? I'll say maybe as the Jim Cramer of these sort of things, right? (laughs) Okay. Now, obviously, even when it came to the new gen arena, um, it was an issue of space, right? Yeah for me, that's the reason I didn't get it I was like I don't need the ring I literally would only need it for like the doink figure or like maybe the diesel figure whatever it is, or the entrance way the entrance way is really what I wanted okay yep um so now there's people that are selling a 250 thing lock stock and barrel for 600 dollars 550 whatever it is I spend my 250 I just want the entrance way I'm not going to be able to sell that for 550, 600. I'm going to be able to sell it for a lot less. So that was my thought process there. Now, this one, the His Tank, I guess, like more than met its backers. It already hit its first stretch goal, and it's en route to hit the second one, like in less than four days, right?
1: Well, obviously, it went on sale yesterday morning, so it's we're not even 24, or we're not even 40 We're not hours. even
0: 48 hours in,
1: sure. Yeah. Okay,
0: so I guess my thought on these sort of things is, as you're saying, like the unicron one hit, and this one hit, and the barge hit, and all these other ones, the razor crest hit. What if this is the one that doesn't? What if this is the one where everyone else finally says like, Okay, now I'm gonna get on with a his tank, and I'm gonna do what Adam says, and then I'm sitting with a his tank I don't really want because everybody else got on with it, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I wouldn't be mad that I have this tank. Okay. It's kind so of cool, but... <laughs>
0: right, so that's the other thing is, if you end up having to, quote-unquote, eat the cost of this, are you going to be okay with having to keep this thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, uh, in this scenario, I would be fine with it. Like, if I got stuck with a Galactus or a Sentinel, I, you know, I which I didn't buy, but I would not like those, because they don't meet my collection, but... uh I don't know. I'm just trying to build a case that I should probably back this. Job. Now, like
0: with the new gen arena, how there was a cutoff where like, whether it meets the goals or not,
1: unless you pledge by a certain day, you don't get X, right? Yeah. This is a little different. Um, They, they had an early bird special. Like, uh, if you remember for the new gen arena, it was, Hey, anybody that backs it during the first like week gets the macho man and the announcer's table. Right. That's what I was angling at. Yeah. 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 With this one they said if the uh the his tank gets funded within the first week they were going to add this extra figure but it literally spells out anybody who buys it at any point during the campaign will get that figure so obviously the tank got funded so they added that extra figure to the bundle but I could wait until like an hour before it closes and still get that so, so that's what, for me to, so have that, to do it right now right so that's what I was going to say can you
0: go back and look at previously funded things to see how many were sold, like how many were made?
1: Uh, I am not sure. I know they have a couple things on the Hasbro website, uh, where it just basically says that it was funded, but I don't know if it has the amounts. Okay. You know what I'm saying I'm actually checking right now. So, uh, to give you an idea, there's, uh, the Reva lightsaber, you know, Reva yeah. from Obi-Wan that, uh, It only has 11 days left and it's not even, it's 1,300 backers into its 5,000 targets. That's not getting made. Um, All right, I'm just going to click on the Galactus here because it says it was funded and nobody has it yet. Uh, It tells you, yes, it says how many backers. So, like, for example, Galactus, there was 31,000 backers on a goal of 14,000.
0: okay. So, even at, you know, more than, and like again, dollar amount notwithstanding, it more than doubled the amount of people that they were looking for to get it, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and those, you said, are already being, quote unquote, sold on eBay secondary sites for double, triple, if not the price, right?
1: Absolutely. Like, so, like, the Unicron is like a $2,000 figure. The Razor Crest is probably even more than that, and, you know, so on and so forth. Okay.
0: And how much is the Hiss Tank?
1: Uh, 300 bucks plus tax and shipping. So probably like 350. Hmm. To give you an idea of the razor crest, I'm looking at it now. Cause you got me thinking, uh, the target was 6,000. They actually made 28,000 of these things. Okay. And they're still like, it's not like it's a peg warmer. Like you could, uh, like unless you're asking like a fortune, you're going to sell this thing 50 times if you wanted to, you know? I say go for it, go go crazy. Oh, look at you enabling. All right, maybe I don't
0: again, I, I, like my enabling at least comes from a place of a little bit of research and at least a little bit of thought. Yeah, like it
1: makes to. sense. That's that's the thing. I'm like, is it crazy to just be like, I'm gonna back one of everything because it's like worst case scenario is you could just sell it at a break even price, but it appears that these are all like very highly uh, increasing in value. You know? Yeah. So maybe uh, I got some time. I have 46 days, one hour, and two minutes to get in there. I'll see what kind of, uh, uh, see what other uh, stretch goals are added to it. For sure. All right, Joe, back to purchases. Uh, Just two quick things, not really quick things, but two things, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, I talked about last week how I had bought the original 1985-84 Soundwave figure, and I needed to buy more cassettes for it. Um, I went back to our local toy store the next day I bought Ravage. Um, so at that point I had Frenzy, I had Ravage. I thought I had Laserbeak, but then I realized that I actually had Buzzsaw and not Laserbeak, yada, yada. So I was just basically like, all right, I need to complete this collection and be done with it. So I went on eBay, uh, I bought a rumble with the rub sign with metal feet. I bought all the accessories I was missing and I was about to pull the trigger on a $40 laser beak. Uh, And then I remember that when my buddy Rob, the guy who went out to toy Ohio with me, when he sold his mother's house He was like, hey, any of these toys you want, help yourself. And there was a stack of cassettes. And I was like, oh, I want these, like uh, Transformers cassettes, that is. And one of them was just like a minty mint original laser beak. And I just needed the accessories for it. So if you count all the things that are in transit from from eBay, I am 100% on all of the original cassettes and Soundwave and all their weapons and all that stuff. So I'll be able to check that off the list uh assuming that no more of the parts arrive broken like the last one i got good
0: so i'll be I'm, happy to i'm check. glad this is something that you kind of like tied the bow on in relatively quick fashion
1: Yeah, it's, it's, the funny thing is it's like as long as you know what you're looking for like my rules were all of them we talked about this last last week have to have the rub sign sticker on them i found out that the original like rumble and frenzy have metal feet and they changed the plastic. So I was like, okay, they all had to have to have metal feet. So I wanted some kind of rules. Um, and it was like a relatively easy collection to complete, you know, it's just time consuming because like, I've already bought two sets of weapons and every time they come in, they're broken. Cause these guys are throwing them in, uh, like uh, bubble envelopes and they're just breaking in transit, you know? So I keep, I keep ordering them and keep getting refunds, you know? But it is what it is. Don't these guys know by now how to ship these things? You would think so. Um, The last one that I... So I needed a full set of weapons for Laserbeak and one for Buzzsaw. And they're all the same where they have a skinny, pertubing thing sticking out. Uh, And I actually... There was two sellers... One of them had a pair that I needed and one of them had a single. And I just basically sent them the same email and I said – or the same message in eBay. I said, hey, listen, I'd like to buy these from you. Can you please just stick them in like a matchbox or some type of very tiny box, even if it's an empty pack of cigarettes? I don't care. Something with some type of rigidity yes, uh, because they keep breaking. I'm like I'm 0 for 2 on ordering these on eBay and uh, just what can you do? The first person was like, oh, you know, sorry to hear that. Yeah, we're absolutely going to send it in a very small box because we, we sell a lot of replacement G.I. Joe and Transformers stuff. So it's going to come in a small box and if not, we'll stand behind it. So I'm like, OK, click buy it now, taken care of the other person that had the one just ghosted me on the email. And it didn't respond. So I was like, okay, fuck you. Click, I'm clicking buy it now. You better hope that it arrives in one piece because I have no liability on this. you know. Because otherwise I'm just going to keep ordering them and ordering them and ordering them. So we'll see. Everything's in transit. Maybe by next time when we record, I'll have a complete collection.
0: Now, I'm going to ask, um, and this, you know, obviously, I don't know how this works in the Transformers world, world you know,
1: uh-huh.
0: um, is that... Are these
1: originals or are these repros? Uh, when it comes to the weapons? Yes. Um, with that, I would say it is difficult to tell um, because these are plastic with like a chrome finish. And there's, like, a certain amount of wear and, like, degradation to the chrome on the older ones. And sometimes when I was looking at them, you would see them where they're just, like, super, super, super shiny. And I was like, eh, maybe I'm going to pass on those. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, I'm going to look for ones that are, like, a 7 out of 10. Maybe an 8 out of 10. But if this thing looks like it just came out of the box, maybe I'll just maybe I'll take something else, you know? So the risk when it comes to just the weapons, because there's no dates on them. There's no way to kind of tell, but um, it is entirely possible that some of these weapons are coming from like a a reissue from like 2000 or something like that. I don't know. I'm not going to be like broski for the first time ever, where I have to be like, well, I need to be the one ripping it out of the package so that I know for sure. (laughs) You know, like I'm just saying, okay, when it comes to the weapons, I do run the risk of getting a reproduction or a bootleg, but uh, it is what it is. There's no You'll way take to take that it.
2: chance. Sure.
1: Yeah. There's no way to avoid it, you know, because they're at the end of the day. Just, there's just pieces of plastic for that. Right. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to checking that off the list. And I have one last thing to talk about and then I'll wrap it up. Um, I was bored last night and I was just looking around on toy stores. I was on entertainment earth. I was on big, bad toy store. And, you know, I just, you throw in things into the search bar, just out of more like a curiosity thing. like, what's out there? What's, what don't I know about? You know, that's part of being a toy boy and being one of the, you know, obviously the, the Michael Jordan of many toy collecting that we, we have, (laughs) but I was on big bad toy store and I was just searching for like G1 transformers and I discovered something that I never saw before. And I was fascinated by it, Joe, but I want to just kind of give you a little bit. Real quick, a backstory thing. Do you ever see? And they sell them a lot at like Joanne Fabric or at like Party City. They're at the checkout aisles and they're little sheets of metal that have like that you can like pop out pieces and you build like a puzzle out of the metal pieces and you bend them to the like shape. Have you ever seen yeah. like that? And they're usually when they're fully made, they're about the size of like a deck of cards and they're all silver, you know, but I've seen transformers of those I've seen Oh, build the Eiffel tower, or, build this piano. And it's just made out of like little cheap sheets of metal. You've seen those, right? I absolutely have. So I've always thought, Oh, this is a cool little thing. And it's like, you know, build an Optimus Prime with these, you know, 150 pieces of metal, but it's all silver. I discovered a company called MU, as in Michael Umbrella, model kits, and they make these types of like assemble with pieces of metal, but they're fully painted and colored and everything like that. And there's, oh, no. there's hundreds upon hundreds of pieces in these model kits. And I'm going to send you over in a second uh, a finished product, but I ordered a Soundwave, a Laserbeak, a Ravage, a Rumble, and a Frenzy. And to give you some perspective, I was doing a lot of research, and I found a guy who's like an experienced model maker on YouTube, and he had bought like the Soundwave and the Starscream and all that stuff. And he's like, okay, this wasn't that hard to build. He's like, Soundwave took me about 24 hours of work to do. But if you're a novice, it might take a little bit longer. And I'm like, and he's like, oh, the cassettes took maybe about five, six hours a piece to do. I just sent you the picture of it, and hopefully you get it soon. Uh, they're, oh, the, those are cool as hell, isn't it? It's like super, super, super detailed, and like the guy is doing the video, and he's like, uh, the like this the the laser beak has magnets in his feet, so he'll attach to soundwave shoulder. There's a king star scream that looks amazing. I was going down the rabbit hole of all of them. If it wasn't for the fact that the guy said it's gonna take. It took him 24 hours to build the Soundwave. I probably would have bought the King Starscream and the Megatron and, like, just been like, I'm doing this. But I am so excited to, like, throw myself into, like, hours and hours of work to build these because they look unbelievably beautiful.
0: Yeah, you ain't kidding. Those are those are really cool. Uh, again, needlessly elaborate. Uh, compared to the things that you've mentioned that I've seen at like checkouts and stuff like that, yeah. obviously because they're so detailed, I'm sure they're a little bit more costly.
1: Uh, they weren't bad. Um, so originally I saw them and I'm just actually, while I'm talking, I sent you a picture of the Starscream. It's just the box, but, uh, you'll get the gist of that. Um, on Big Bad Toy Store, they had all the cassettes in stock, but they were sold out of Soundwave. So I was like, well, what's the point? You know? Right. Um, and I just Googled, like, you know, on Google, you can click the little tab that says shopping. Um, and it directed me to this Canadian website that sells puzzles. And they had them all in stock. So Soundwave was $50. Bucks. Uh, and the cassettes were all sold, like, I think Laserbeak and Ravage were together for 20 bucks, And then uh, Rumble and Frenzy were together for 20 bucks, And they had a deal where it was like, buy two model kits, get one free. And so one of the 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 cassette packs was free. So realistically I paid seventy dollars for everything. You know, which I don't I think is not bad. Um, but like it got me real itchy. Like I don't even have these in my hand and like I don't even know how long it's gonna take me to build them, but like I already wanna buy the star that I sent you, you know?
0: Right. That and those are those are very nice. Like if I didn't know those were like little mini models or things, I would think that they were like the full size figures, like brand new, like how detailed they look, you know?
1: Yeah. And to give you some perspective, like the sound wave's about twelve inches tall. So these are not tiny. These are like Oh, if, okay. You if you were to grab him by the waist, like you would his chest and his legs would still be sticking out of your hand. Like he's that tall. Mm-hmm. Um when we're done with this, I'll shoot you a YouTube video so you can just check out somebody <laughs> spinning it. Like, these are fascinating, man. And, like, I'm terrified that I'm not going to be able to get it done. But, like, I'm watching the video and the guy's like, I recommend wearing rubber gloves just because you don't want to put fingerprints all over anything everything. And I'm like, okay, got to buy rubber gloves. I got to buy some type of, like, mat to put on my kitchen table because otherwise I don't want, like, to scratch my table and or these pieces. So, like, this is a whole project. Is going to consume several days of my Summer of Adam.
0: Well, I was going to say, with the gloves, you're going to be like zombie sailor with uh, <laughs> our figures that we finally, we got, listen, I, I we, we privately discussed this. And, you know, obviously when I got the shipping confirmation, I was very public about it. Yeah. But uh, I, I assumed that there would be like some sort of like cronyism or like some sort of higher level um, uh, major marks or whatever would get their figures shipped out first. But it seems as though like, if you were in that first wave of pre-orders, like, the figures came in Thursday morning and we got our shipping notifications Thursday afternoon on yeah. the uh, Heels and Faces Retros line number one, you know?
1: Yeah, I am shocked that uh, you got that notification so quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, now I'm just curious how long between you getting that notification and when it actually hits the post office. Because it's easy to to create a shipping label, but it's not uh, necessarily as quick to drop it off at the post office or schedule a pickup, you know.
0: Well, you know, I'll tell you that's a good point. Um, and I will tell you that the uh, label has been created, but it's not in the system as of this recording. Okay. Um, and I wasn't expecting it to come like quick because I know there's a holiday weekend on top of everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I could see that not getting touched until Tuesday, but at least it's in the it's in the system to be set, you know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that that's a reasonable amount. I just, my fear is that it's like, oh, hey, it's another two weeks before there's activity on it, you know? Yeah. But I've been very skeptical of uh, Mr. Sailor this entire time. So that's just me, you know?
0: Well, yeah, luckily, luckily the order was in my name and not your name. So you can go to the Facebook group and cock off as much as you want without my <laughs> order being canceled.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Joe, that's all I have. That's it? That's it. It was a small week for me.
0: (laughs) It was a lot of little things, definitely. But uh, it was a lot of important things, let's say. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so my only last suggestion will be is, of course, with getting the gloves and getting the special mat and everything else like that. uh, This definitely sounds like the makings of your own YouTube channel.
1: (laughs) I, I was actually, I mean, not thinking about doing YouTube, but I was definitely thinking I need to like photograph the progress, or, like the process, yeah, you know, for like Twitter or something like that. Make like a thread and pin it, just to kind of be like, okay, it took me, you know, this many hours to get this far, you know, because obviously they have you building uh, based on the video I watched from the the feet up, you know. So it's like here's Soundwave's feet, and I'm six hours into it, you know. So it'd be interesting to see that process. YouTube, I don't know. That might be a uh, might be a bridge too far. And just a thought, just a thought,
0: you know, throwing it out there.
1: Looking yeah. for additional revenue
0: streams <laughs> for you. I
1: don't know, that is true. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe I'll explore that.
0: Yeah. Uh, and again, I'll just say, um, I don't even know if they do these videos anymore is, you know, you're saying like, oh, just six hours to put the feet together. Put the camera on you, let it go, and then just put the whole thing up and like... Uh, fast motion, you know? Yeah. Run the clock and show people like your process and the fast motion of your frustration trying to do all this <laughs> shit, you know?
1: Me at the one hour mark just smashing it against the wall. Right.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, that's an idea. We'll think about that.
0: Mm hmm. Get the whole setup behind you. Get the Alexa Bliss cardboard cut out behind you.
1: <laughs> well, she always is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But Behind every good man is a good woman uh, mm. You know that's, that's Something to that effect
0: A good laminated woman <laughs> It's For her protection Anyway uh, Hey is that all I think that's everything right
1: That's everything let's get the heck out of here
0: Alright everyone thank you very much for listening And this was episode 196 Of At Odds with Wrestling For Adam this is Joe saying Be safe out there And enjoy some wrestling